Welcome to the Winning at Business podcast. In my previous life as a tennis coach, I never once coached a racket or a ball. It was always the player. I believe business is also a game. As a business owner, the better you understand the rules and play that game will give you the best chance of winning. With my co-host, Shirley Heron, we discuss, unpick, and often rant about the challenges business owners like you face on a daily basis. The topics are driven by the conversations I have with my coaching clients and how they overcome their external and internal barriers that get in the way of winning. So, Amazon. Yeah, it's an interesting one, actually. I've been doing a little bit of work indirectly with Amazon um, recently and um, in a a call, one of the... um, team was talking about a decision-making process that they have implemented at Amazon, not him personally, but, but you know, that Amazon themselves yeah. implement. Um, and um, I can't remember the name of, of exactly what they call it, but something like the six pager. And the idea is basically that um, if you want to present an idea or a product or, a, you know, a, push something up that, you know, you think might be good for the business, that you write a maximum of six pages as a brief, which goes to the team, um, whoever you're presenting to before the meeting, so they have a chance to read it. Um, And um, it can have some appendices of data and, and, you know, studies and stuff to back up your page. But the idea is that you don't swamp people with too much information because, you know, people can write, you know, massive documents and spend months and months and months on them. And, you know, it becomes obvious as soon as you get into the meeting that it's just not viable for whatever reason, you've wasted time. So the idea is that, that, you know, this this process is quite quick. Um, And then they allocate um, an hour to discuss whichever ones they decide to actually bring to the table. And so in within that hour, the person bringing the proposal has 20 minutes to present it. And then there's 20 minutes to discuss the proposal and then there's 20 minutes to decide on the proposal and at the end of that process at the end of that hour the the proposer gets a yes a no or a not yet based on what's been said in the hour and the idea is that if you're spending longer than that presenting and trying to make a decision it's not it's not ready to your peers yeah Yeah. it's not ready yet for whatever reason um, either you haven't formulated the idea or the proposal properly yet. Maybe you haven't got enough information. Maybe the business is just not quite in the right place at the moment, um, or the marketplace is not quite right in the, at the moment. It's not necessarily because the idea is bad, mm-hmm. but the idea overall is not to waste hours and hours and hours, or days or weeks, months, whatever, of people's time making decisions. Just listen, discuss, decide, move on. You know, if you get a no, then you need to go back to the drawing board and maybe tweak your idea. If you get a not yet, it doesn't mean that it's dead in the water. It just means that it's not the right time right now. And maybe there's more information that's needed or um, the market needs to evolve a bit before they do that. Um, But I just thought it was a really interesting process about how to move those decisions quite quickly through the business um, and how to really focus in on what's important and not get waylaid talking about everything under the sun and all your justification and all the rest of it um, to just get to the, you know, the, the, the grit of the, good, the, of the issue. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> People's time is valuable and your time is valuable. So 
because we, we've we've come across and have worked with business owners uh, as clients, um, both in group and one-to-one situations, if you like, where I, I just can't imagine them being able to to do that. Yeah. And I think there's a, a, a desire to explain, justify, mm. explore every element of the proposal whilst they're presenting it yeah. as, as an idea. And, and I think that's healthy. I do think that's healthy. But what you're talking about is that when, when essentially you're talking about a pitch for funding yeah. in an hour, aren't you? Yeah. So if if you're if you're going to take something, you're going to take a proposal to your business, whether you're the business owner presenting it to the rest of your board or to the other team members or your brother or wife or husband, whoever mm-hmm. is in the business, you need to be able to really clearly uh, and succinctly articulate exactly what the benefits yeah. of of that idea are or is, uh, how you're going to produce it, I suppose, what the basic need or desire will be for it in the market mm. and whether it's financially viable. Yeah. Okay. And if you think about it, almost everybody has worked as an employee before they have their own business, right? Not everybody. But I was, it was, I was a bad employee, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but almost everybody has, right? Yeah. Would you have gone to your boss, and I'm not talking about you specifically, but people listening as well would you have gone to your boss or your management team and spent the whole day chatting about your idea your product that's a waste of everybody's time exactly so why do you do it in your own business because you can be indulgent (laughs) because because it's you you're the business owner you can indulge yourself but it's indulgent you're wasting your time you're wasting your staff's time it's not just self-indulgent is it no it's, it's actually it's 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 I can't think of the word. It's sabotaging, sabotaging mm. cost, productivity, yeah. efficiency, effectiveness within yeah. the business across the board. You're taking up your time, other people's times, their ideas. You get people excited about stuff, um, and then it never goes anywhere. So all. here's the thing: the people who you're pitching to do not need to know the nth level of every thought that's crossed your mind to arrive at this proposal. Because that's the self-justification bit, isn't it, as you're going Yeah, it is. And also, if they decide to go forward with it, there's the time where all of those unknowns, those um, questions are bottomed out as part of the delivery process. You don't need... I think often business owners fall into this trap of trying to do everything all in one go. And we're, we're actually talking about breaking a pitch sales and delivery process down so what right now what we're talking about is how do you pitch that idea to your stakeholders Mm -hmm. whether that is your customers your wife your employees your business coach whatever other you know peer group yeah you're just pitching the idea you're not trying to explain how the process works what your marketing plan is your your pipeline or anything like that at the moment those are things to be decided once you decide yes this has got enough legs to develop and go forward right now all you're saying is i've had this idea for a product or service here's my outline plan of it what do you think yeah this is the need as i see it 
this is what we could how we could deliver against yeah. that need yeah so it's interesting that an organization that vast can distill those opportunities down into an hour i think it's obvious though because if you're that vast you cannot spend the time that we see some small businesses taking over decisions yeah they're they're it's like a glacier moving you know they're massive they have to make quite quick decisions they also have a policy of not having any more than six in a team because if you get more than six it splits into another team because you can't know your individual team members well enough to really work effectively yeah there's 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 a lot of um research into leadership and management that talks Mm. about not not managing more than six people for the same reason um but how many small businesses do that I can think of several small businesses which have teams, albeit possibly external contractors, but teams of people who are much larger than six. Yeah. Now, I'm not suggesting that they it, there's an obvious split there, but it's something to consider. So, so I want to come back to this because I find it fascinating. And it's just as I've been listening to you and I'm just trying, mm-hmm. trying to think it through, but this principle of finding a process to enable faster decision making Mm. because we often talk about how do we put process in place to enable fast implementation Mm -hmm. and and actually if you think about it the implementation the block for quicker implementation and getting results and therefore the success that you want in your business it isn't actually in the implementation it's the decision making that goes on prior to that Mm. because I believe this is right but the the roots of the word decision uh, the Latin roots come from two words which is to sever Mm -hmm. Uh, to sever so it actually means when you make a decision you sever off any other possibilities Mm -hmm. it's to cut off or to to sever other possibilities you have decided to go in that direction Mm -hmm. or you know make that change and everything else then becomes um, irrelevant mm-hmm. because you've decided. And I, I think what's quite interesting here is that people, um, I think people get bound up in their decision making around the principle of whether it's a good decision or a bad decision. And actually, I think the the secret <laughs> to making swifter decisions i was going to say more decisive decisions but you can't to be more decisive <laughs> to cut off other possibilities quicker is to just accept that no decision is a good decision or a bad decision it's just a decision it's just a decision mm. now some people might say well okay a decision to stab somebody is a bad decision mm. we, yeah, you could argue it is well it is okay. <laughs> we're not advocating violence <laughs> no, don't, don't here. Do but but the, 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 the point is is that the decision itself at the time you make it is just a decision it's just society's values uh, and the people around us and peer pressure mm. etc morals that make the decision a bad one it's, it's people's opinions yeah i think a lot of people get caught up with almost getting stuck in the process because they don't want to make the wrong decision and and maybe and sorry maybe that's that, that's a better way of looking at it rather than going there are good decisions or bad decisions 
think about it in terms of right or wrong. There are, mm. There's no right or wrong decision. Mm. It's just a decision just to a make. Decision. Good and bad is probably yeah. the wrong way to go. Right or wrong. Yeah. And I think, um, so they almost get <clears throat> stuck in, it's almost like a stutter where they get stuck going. Uh, but, but if. But, you but know, but, but, but what if this, what if that? And yeah. I need more information. I need to feel more secure. And I think the difference between those really small businesses and bigger business, much bigger businesses like Amazon and, and um you know, Microsoft and big companies like that, is they accept that some of the decisions they make are going to be wrong ones and they're going to fail. And that's okay because out of that failure, out of those supposedly wrong decisions, they learn something yeah. and they take that learning and they feed that back into the process so that the next time a similar sort of decision comes up, they can make a better decision. So, so what you're advocating here is that or what this advocates probably mm -hmm. is that you can spend a month making a decision mm -hmm. and it ends up being the right decision for your business and the business moves on and that's great or you can make 30 decisions one a day mm -hmm. for a month some of which turn out to be right and some of which don't turn out to be right and some of those right or wrong decisions will be predicated by the decisions you make beforehand. But the speed at which you make those decisions gives you greater opportunities to have to make more decisions in the future. And, yep. and that's how you um, drive the business forwards, by putting yourself in front of more decisions to make. Yeah. Because if you've got a decision to make, it means that something's happened, mm -hmm. that action has taken place what if you looked at decision making as a learning opportunity rather than a decision yeah, yeah and, I th and I think I think people we've talked about this before and I think at a, pe a level people kind of understand that as, as, a, as, a, as a in a logical kind mm. of way I, I'm always going to kind of look for a, a, a analogy that's sporting mm -hmm. and it, penalty taking is a great example You've got to make a decision in a relatively short period of time. You mm -hmm. don't have months, you don't have weeks. And people could say, oh, okay, well, it's just a penalty in a game. But it could be the deciding penalty in a World Cup final, mm -hmm. as we had last year. And you can choose to shoot left, you can choose to shoot right, you can go down the middle, you can go high, you can go low. There are, there are fundamentally probably one, two, three, four, five, six, probably eight, maybe nine places you could, you know, make mm -hmm. that. So you've got one and nine. Now, the goalkeeper really is only going to be able to cover one of those nine. So eight times out of nine, you're going to be right. Mm -hmm. If you happen to make the decision that the goalkeeper also makes and the goalkeeper saves it, you've not made a wrong decision. Mm. At the time of making the decision, it was just a decision. You just picked a target area and shot yep. and kicked the ball. Okay, it just so happens coincidentally that the goalkeeper decided to dive in that direction and got in the way of the ball. And sometimes they don't get in the way of the ball, even though they make the right decision. Okay, so there's yeah. lots of factors here, but you can then be vilified. And I think this is where the challenge comes in: is a society will then vilify that player for making a mistake. Making a mistake. Mm -hmm. um, when it because he. Ha inherently they understand that well, you, there were eight other places that you could have kicked the ball. Mm. It doesn't matter. The, the fact is is that 
footballers, for example, get paid to make those decisions. And and most of the time they're right. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, not, not right. Most of the time it turns out to be right. That's the point I'm making. Mm-hmm. And we, we're under so much societal and internal, intrinsic pressure to feel like every decision we have to make, every decision we make has to be right. And I think this fear of making the wrong decision or the desire to constantly make right decisions um, paralyzes us from making decisions at Mm. all. Yeah. And I kind of, just to extend that, so I'm sort of thinking this through as as I'm saying it, but to extend that, I think the more decisions you make, the better you get at making them. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make more right decisions. Mm. But on balance, I would it's rather make... It's just a make, statistical probability. A, exactly. And I'd, I'd rather make 100 decisions in a year and 51 of them be right. Mm. I think the other thing... one decision Yeah, the other thing you said that was interesting as well is you could spend a month making one decision or, or make a decision every day. And it made me think is part of the problem that people are trying to wrap too much up into one decision. And actually, it is 30 small decisions within that bigger decision. And actually, by making smaller incremental decisions, it's less scary because it's not such a big thing. Um, There's less weight attached to each individual decision. But out of those 30, let's say, I don't know, 27 are good decisions prove to be good decisions and and three aren't if that just taking that analogy if if those 30 decisions make up the one big decision for the month you're you're 95 percent of the way there yeah and those in that month those three that didn't work out you can tweak and try again and you'll get there as opposed to this kind of almost stuttering stunt of I can't make any progress I can't make any decision until I've got all of this sorted out in my head actually make no progress it wouldn't matter if 50% of the decisions that you made failed because you're still 50% of the way further forward and and that's an interesting point as well because I wonder whether people make decisions and then extrapolate as far as they possibly can the end result Mm -hmm that's going to come from having made that decision whereas actually the only result that comes from having made that decision is what decision you need to make next yeah because it's going to change because it is going it's to like change. people trying to do like 10-year planning how could you possibly know what you can have some ideas about the direction you want to go in for me that's as far as it would go you cannot say in 10 years i want to dot 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 and know that those things are going to happen. Yep. Because so much could happen in that period. Who could have predicted the pandemic? Nobody. Unless you're a fortune teller. <laughs> you know, but it happened. And you've got to be agile enough to change your product offering or your service. Not not ditching your whole business and starting no. a new one, but, you know, you've got to be flexible enough within that period. doesn't mean that, you know, your business doesn't grow in over the average of 10 years, but, you know, you're going to have ups and downs in it. Same with stock market. Over the course of 10 years, statistically, you're likely to grow your investment. Over and over and over again, yeah. But yeah. if you take your money out every time there's a stock market drop, you're going to lose money. It's that panic over yes. those decisions. And, 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 and I think you're right. And I think maybe it's the word 
maybe it's the word that we choose to use or that, you know, um, history, has, history has given us. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I said earlier that, you know, the word decision means to sever mm-hmm. off completely. And maybe that maybe that that connotation gets us thinking, oh, this, this choice that I've got yeah. is final. And I can't go back. And yeah. I can't go back. Whereas actually, you know, you, you asked earlier about whether there are learning opportunities. Maybe an alternative to that is, well, these two things, three things, four things that I have to choose between now are just the next step. Mm. It's not a final decision. And, yeah. I, and I just wonder whether the word itself is, yeah. is a barrier. And, and, and if we turn that into, well, what's the next step? Mm-hmm. And if you think, if you you know, if you've got two options in front of you, pricing, for example, I've got to make a decision on pricing. Now, in my head, that's like, well, uh, uh, partly because I know the etymology of the word, that, that mm. that's it, my decision is. And we hear this all the time, don't we? My decision is final, even, mm. even on who wants to be a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, is that your final decision? Yeah. You know? Well, of course it's your final decision. The two words together are actually a contradiction because you can't have a final decision you can only have a decision because mm-hmm. of course it's final because you cut off from any other possibility you don't mm. get any more final than that um so it, it maybe and, and there are probably things that where that comes out in other contexts and scenarios mm. as well that's reinforcing um the, this 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 situation you know maybe through schooling or, or, or the rest of it as well that when you have to choose between something the inference is that's that's the last decision within that context Mm. but it isn't it's just a step it's just another step that you're having to take and then when you've made that step if you don't like the outcome well take a different step it's it's a bit it's a bit like getting married isn't it Mm. okay we're, we're we're both you know sitting here having been divorced and you know we made a decision to get married and inherently we're told oh you know it it's forever yeah isn't it it's 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 final final and you know till death do us part and all the rest of it i mean that's about as final as you get Mm. but both of us are no longer married to that to that person okay Mm. so it wasn't wasn't the same person no no no, (laughs) by the way yeah and it wasn't each other either no but but yeah i mean life changes no nothing's final really apart from death don't we know of and and it's yeah. <laughs> not but you know, I'm minded of that because you know we we talked a few weeks ago about Jace, I think moving down to Brighton, mm. and she's been away for a week and has come back and I've found a place, Dad. And there's a big part of me kind of going, "Blimey, she's moving to Brighton. Mm. That's it. Yeah, she's decided to move to Brighton, and they've got this little place, and it's a bit small, Dad, but it's fine. Or it's just the next step in her journey." Mm-hmm. And she's like, she actually said to me last night, she got back yesterday afternoon, you don't seem very exercised about this, Dad. And I said, well, you're 19. You're going to make hundreds of decisions. Mm. And you're going to be faced with thousands of choices through your life. You're it's making a choice. For now, it's one of them. Mm. Is it final? Uh, emotionally, I kind of, I guess I've been, you know, socially conditioned to believe that it is. and that, But I'm having to kind of kind of park that and go mm. it, it's with the information given to her right now and her 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 upbringing her mm. environment and i've got a part to play in that as well yeah. so i have to take responsibility for it this is just a step she's taking mm. doesn't mean it's gonna she's gonna be there forever no not at all and similarly my son has decided that he is not going to go to uni this year he didn't get 
the place mm. in at the application process. And when it got to clearing, he was going to go through clearing process and go to choose a place. And he got to the day and he went, no, I'm not doing this. Yeah. I'm going to take a year. He's looking at apprenticeships. And there's part of me that's like, but you're smart enough to go to university. Why would you not go? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. then it's not a wrong thing. It doesn't mean that in a year's time he can't go or five years or 10 years time if he wants to go to university. It doesn't mean that university is the only route to the path that he wants to take in life either but it's con we're socially conditioned to go you go to school if you're smart enough you go yeah. to university and then you get your job and then you work for the rest of your life and life's not like that and I, and I think this 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 is this is really important this because when you make a decision or when you take that next step between a number of choices you you don't know how things would turn out if you'd made the other choice yeah and I think some of the fear is in that, in that as well. So your fear is bound up a little, on his behalf, is bound mm. up in, um, you know, he's going to potentially have a, not necessarily a worse, but a different life mm. than the one that he'd have if he did go to university. And I could say the same about Chase as well. But we don't know that. No. We actually and we have zero proof have that zero that would be proof. the case yeah. either. And actually, I look back to when I went to university, and if I knew then what I know now... First of all, I wouldn't have done the degree that I did because it was a waste. It wasn't a waste of time. I got a good degree out of it, but I've never used anything mm -hmm. from that degree. It only proved that I can study, which I already knew. Um, I would have done a business degree. Um, second of all, I'm not 100% sure whether I would have actually gone to university. Having the benefit of the last 20, 30 years of experience, I'm not sure that university really has helped me much. But there's this societal... <clears throat> expectation that if you're smart enough you go to university yeah. and that's just how it is but actually it's not it's certainly not the only route anymore you know you've got apprenticeships and and various other routes into jobs now anyway which are much more heavily pushed than yeah. they were when I was at yeah. school but even if you did none of those it still doesn't preclude you from achieving the job goal career that you want to achieve and, 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 I, and i think you're right because actually the choices that we make or the choices that we're presented with and the decisions we make or the steps we decide to take based on the choices put in front of us um we we, we don't get to do both at the same time no. so we don't know what you know sliding doors isn't yeah, it, fundamentally yeah. so i think you just make your choice take the step embrace where it is and then make more yeah. choices make more you know you're presented with more choices make more decisions or take more steps i'm going to start using that in my language yeah. because it's better now what's the next step not what do i have to decide um, i've certainly done that i mean i've done a number of different very diverse jobs you know employment however you want to word it and you would look at at some of my work history and go how did you jump from that to that steps but at the end of the day there are transitional skills and there are um, common commonalities within all of it but on paper they look very different but it was just a decision a choice that I made at the time that was like that seems like a good idea it mm. seems like I you know it's something I want to explore almost and when it stopped to being enjoyable and fun and and you know financially beneficial I stopped and went okay what's my next path yeah. Yeah. and then you know it happened to be that my next path was a very different path and that's okay too. Was it J.R. Tolkien? I'll try that again. J.R.R. Tolkien. So mm -hmm. 
it's a dangerous thing stepping outside of your front door because you don't know where the path is going to lead you. Mm. Something like that. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, if anyone's got any uh, commentary thoughts about decisions they've made that turned out to be right or wrong, I'm not going to use the good or bad because <laughs> I think that's very subjective. Yeah. Um, but, but we were reinforced making a decision to stab somebody is probably not a good thing. It's, it's probably the wrong decision, unless they're going to do something to you, and then maybe there's a... So you sort of mean, that's where it gets You're complex. falling down a part of rabbit the rabbit hole big, there. Big rabbit <laughs> hole there of value. So anyway, um, but yeah, as always, we'd always uh, we'd love to hear from you, your thoughts, opinions on, on decision-making choices, or mm. maybe we need a change of um, dictionary terminology. terms or terminology. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Cool, see you next week. Okay. You've been listening to Winning at Business. We really hoped you enjoyed this episode. And as always, if you have topics you'd like us to cover, get in touch and we'll do our best to make it happen. Don't forget, you can also get your copy of Hitting the Wall, the book that inspired this podcast from Amazon and other retailers. Bye for now until the next episode.